Hi, this is Adam Bergman. On today's Adam Talks, I want to talk about COVID-19, socialized medicine, and my experience. So this is a, a bit off-center in terms of what I usually talk about on these podcasts. Um, I typically talk about retirement-based topics with a flavor of alternative assets and really a different way of looking at saving for retirement. But I wanted to talk about uh, my experience dealing with a family member who tested positive with COVID-19 and um, her experience in Canada um, as part of a socialized medical system. So uh, just off the top, I was born in Canada. I usually don't make this podcast about me. Um, I've done some podcasts in the past about my family and you know my concern with socialized medicine. Uh, my father, 100%, would still be alive today if he didn't live in Canada. Um, 100%, there was you know, negligence uh, on um, multiple physicians' parts, and uh, I, I addressed that in a different podcast, and I don't want to address it again. But um, that being said, there there are some positives of socialized medicine, even though. You do pay for it indirectly through taxes um, for basic medical treatments. It's, it's easy. It works. Um, and if you need some life-threatening types of care, whether you got into a car accident or there's chemotherapy, that's available. And obviously, there, there's no charge. Um, for, for customized treatment or treatment that involves the, the care and need for very specific uh, medical insight and consultation, it's not as good. If you have a torn ACL or you broke your leg and you need a procedure, not very good. If you want a certain care in a hospital and you want accountability from the healthcare staff, nurses, uh, not very good. Why? Um, just life comes down to accountability, uh, responsibility, culpability. Um, if you're not accountable or answerable to anyone, at some point, even if you have very good intentions, you're not going to perform. Um, if you went to work every day and you couldn't get fired and you basically had a job for life, at some point, even if you have great intentions and you're a wonderful person, at some point, your attitude will change. It's really, as Steve Jobs said, the bozo factor. You hire one bozo and you bring him into the group and ultimately the group is infected by the bozo cancer. And that happens whether you're in Canada, the US, or any country. But in a socialized medical system, it could spread very quickly, like a forest fire, um, because it's, it's hard to remove that cancer because there's no impetus to remove that person because the unions are very strong and the medical system is such where especially uh, for doctors, they, they need doctors and even the bad ones are wanted. So let's turn to COVID-19. I just, you know, for, for some background, I was born in Canada. I've had experience with the Canadian medical system personally, with my family, parents, grandparents. I've seen some good things and I've seen you know, a whole lot of bad things. So this is not a, um, a Democrat, Republican, healthcare system type of podcast. That, that's for other people. I don't want to get into politics. This is all personal experience. My aunt, who's 65 years old, who I think I've talked about this in some podcasts over the years, she has, uh, she's an unbelievable special person, 
with very special uh, gifts, but she does have learning disabilities. She, she never really went to school. She's lived in group homes her whole life. Um, she's sweet as sugar, smile uh, can light up a room, but she, she just needs help kind of going through day-to-day uh, -day activities, whether it's, it's bathing or just going to the bank and, and eating, cooking for her. She just really can't do it on her own. So really she's been living in group homes since she was in her 20s all the way up till last year. And uh, you know, life was good. Um, unfortunately, the group home she worked at, the owner decided to retire and close. So we had to move her to a new place. And we went through a few new group homes, which weren't great. Finally found a nursing home, which uh, accepted her because she's young. She's only 65. But this was a, a really nice nursing home, really nice people, clean. And everything was was going as planned, although she, until she went into that group home, she did not have a primal, primary uh, physician. Um, once she left the group home in summer of 19, she didn't see a doctor for six months because we couldn't get her a GP because there's close to 100,000 people waiting to see a doctor uh, that don't have a doctor and can't get a new GP because the GPs are so busy, they're not taking new patients. The problem is my aunt had a really bad leg. We weren't sure if it was an arthritis thing or hip, but she couldn't see a GP. And without a GP, you can't get a recommendation to a specialist. So without the recommendation to a specialist, you can't see a doctor. So she actually went to the ER one, one day and sat there 11 hours until she was seen. They did some x-rays and it was so late, they actually sent her home. Um, and, and I think I did a podcast about that, but in any event, um, everything was going well pretty much in this new nursing home until COVID-19 happens. Um, she, she's kind of in her own room. They locked the nursing home down. Uh, they didn't have enough tests. Um, and that kind of led to the problem where they're at now. So over thir 36 staff members tested positive for the COVID her entire floor of her nursing home, the entire floor, over 50 patients tested positive for COVID. I believe close to 15 have already died. My aunt tested positive about 10 or 11 days ago, but closer actually 12 days ago. She has no symptoms. Thank God, she has no symptoms, zero. She doesn't have a fever, no cough, no cold, nothing. No, sh no shivers, nothing. She's fine. So what's the problem? Well, the problem is she hasn't got a bath in six days. There's no staff on the floor. Zero. It's literally one doctor and one orderly. Okay. And they can't get help. So after my aunt called me, cause she was a little bit embarrassed that she wasn't able to take a bath for four or five days. She finally called me and said, Adam, I'm not sure what to do. Um, I haven't taken a bath all week. I said, what are you talking about? They're supposed to do, see, you're supposed to see you. You're supposed to have nurses. They feed you three times a day. How's that possible? She said, well, no one comes in here. They just leave my food and leave. It's, it's crazy. They won't let me leave my room because I'm positive. I don't know what to do. I said, okay, let, let, me, let me find out. So I called the nurse's station three times. Finally, I get through. The doctor picks up. So I say, hey, doctor, what's going on? I know it's crazy, but you know, my aunt hasn't got a bath in a week. It's dangerous. She can pick up um, all kinds of... Uh, all kinds of, whether they're viruses or infections, uh, it's not healthy. Plus it smells, it's just not good hygiene, it's not good. She goes, Adam, you're right, I'm sorry. 
guess what? Nothing I can do. We have no staff here. 36 tested positive, the rest quit. We have no one here. I said, well, I don't understand. Can't you call the government? There's someone that can send you, whether it's the army or other resources. Like you have hundreds of patients in this nursing home. You can't just leave them to die. She said, you're right, we're doing our best, but this is an impossible situation. It's a war zone. And I don't know what to tell you, but I can't get any help. So you're right, your aunt may not get a bath for a few days. I'm sorry, it's wrong. I'm apologizing, but there's nothing I can do. So I don't understand. We're, this is, we're not in a fourth world country. This is Canada. It's a rich country. How can you not have people to help patients? Pay them double. Get volunteers, get medical students, get paramedics, get anyone. How is this possible? My aunt has special needs. She can't take care of herself. She hasn't taken a bath in six days. She has, she's tested positive. She's at risk. What are you doing? She said, well, speaking of positive, you have a order to resuscitate. I said, yes. She says, do you still want to maintain that order? I said, of course I do. She's 65. She's in good shape. Uh, why wouldn't I? She said, well, COVID-19, uh, there's a lot of death. It's a horrible virus. Um, would you change your mind? I said, well, well, no, I'm not changing my mind. She says, well, I'm going to be honest. The way it's happening is that since she's positive, there's only so much we can do if, if she needs uh, more advanced medical care. We're going to call the paramedics and they come. If they can help her, they're going to help her. I said, what do you mean if they're going to help her? Of course, they're going to help her. They're going to come as quick as they can and then they'll move her to a hospital. I said, well, they don't always move her to a hospital. Uh, the hospital has to accept her and they have to make that determination. I said, what do you mean accept her? They're going to, she's a human being. They're going to, of course, accept her. Um, well, yes, but you know, there's, there's potential issues with ventilators and there's uh, brain damage potentially. And at some point, you know, there may not be enough beds. And I'm like, doctor, where are you going? She says, well, so they got to make a determination. Sometimes depending on the patient, they may not take him to the hospital. I said, what are you going to make? They're going to just let the person die. This is not a game. I said, well, uh, I'm not going to say more, but the resuscitate orders aren't always um, fall through on. So I said, well, make a note right now that you're going to do whatever you can to save her. I don't care what you have to do. Um, that's my order. Um, and again, this is just the attitude. You saw this in Italy and, and European countries. Human beings are human beings. There's a respect, but to a degree. It's really about the system. It's about numbers. It's about beds. And you have no accountability. There's no one you can talk to. You can't sue anyone. You can't call anyone because everyone works for the government. And there's just really no culpability and the, really no answerability. And, and that's the big frustration I have. I was so upset with my aunt. Uh, even if you go on Twitter or social media, no one cares. You're not dealing with a private institution or organization that actually has an individual owner. You're dealing with the government who doesn't care. Um, I'm not saying that they want people to die. I'm not saying that. But I'm also saying that it's a numbers game and it's bigger than just one person. And they're going to look at your age, what your condition is, and then they're going to decide if you get the ventilator or you get the bed. Whereas in the United States, that's not happening um, to the extent I've, I've heard. People are being cared for. We have capacity in hospitals. And Canada has capacity too. They're not at the point where there's no capacity. 
That's not the issue. The issue is for some old people, they just don't want to even deal with moving them to the hospital. Yes, I understand that there's the issue of moving positive people into a hospital, but hey, this virus has been going on since March. They've had the chance to get space, whether it's a floor in a hospital, whether it's a hotel, whether there's other institutions and facilities that can handle these um, positive patients that need extra medical care. But to just say, well, we're not sure if we're going to be able to save them and sorry, they can't take a bath. That's not right. Um, and, and really, that's my big issue with socialized medical um, is, yeah, it sounds great on paper. Uh, yeah, pay a little bit more taxes. Everything's free. You don't have to, you go into the hospital, pay nothing pretty much. You get everything taken care of. It's a great system. Um, yeah, it, it works sometimes and it does work on occasion, but life and death, you don't want the government making those choices. And guess what? It comes down to the government because they're, the organization, the executives, the administrators are answerable to only the government. They're not answerable to Joe Smith. They're not answerable a couple to a board, to a private or public company. They're answerable to the government. And that's the issue. You have no one to complain to. If your family member can't get a bath or can't get a test or, or can't get the right treatment, tough luck. Complain, no one's going to care. Um, and, and that's really the frustration. So yes, could it be worse? Sure. My, my aunt could be very sick from COVID. Thank God she, she's not. She doesn't have any symptoms. She's okay. She ha finally got a bath. Uh, I, I'm hoping I was told today she'd get a bath. But as of, as of the last time I heard, she did not get a bath. She was almost seven days. Um, she does get food. Um, but if they're not giving her a bath, I'm not sure what, what care they're giving her. Uh, and yes, it is a resource thing. Yes, she did test positive. So obviously there's some extra care. But the people that tested positive should be given that care. Uh, we want to save everyone. Uh, we want to isolate the people that are tested positive. But we also want to care for them. Um, and... That's my frustration. So I'm, I'm, I thank all of you for, for giving me this outlet um, to, to kind of um, vent a little bit. I uh, wasn't sure what to do. Uh, I know in, in Canada, just there's no uh, answers other than just being frustrated. Even the most aggressive people and some of the wealthiest people I know, when it comes to the, the medical system, they're basically like puppies. They're um, so shy. And uh, passive, um, and it's just the um, understanding is you just are a number. Doesn't matter who you are, and there's only so much that can be done. So this isn't a you know this isn't the platform where I'm preaching for 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 one side or the other. I just needed a uh, a venue to to vent a little bit. Um, yeah, COVID's obviously super contagious. Um, Thankfully, it doesn't seem to be as deadly as, as some of the uh, medical experts thought it was, which, thank God, is, is the case. Um, but yeah, it is super contagious. You can look um, at my aunt's nursing home. Obviously, this disease just preys on the old and the sick. Um, that's just the facts. Uh, young and the healthy generally are okay. Um, but my aunt's obviously in a high-risk facility being in a nursing home. So it's, it is a little bit scary. 
Uh, I would feel better if she was in the United States where there is accountability. Even though you can't visit them, um, there is an owner behind the, the nursing home. There is the potential for litigation. There is the potential for uh, answerability. In Canada, you can't sue the government, okay? Good luck. You can't sue basically any doctor uh, unless they chop off the wrong leg. It's very hard, if not impossible, to prove negligence. So not that I would sue the, the, the nursing home for not bathing my aunt for six days, but um, it's, it's just really part of the care. Um, it's, it's really inhumane to not bathe someone for six days who, who can't bathe themselves and, and is in a situation where they've tested positive and they're not allowed to leave their room. So anyways, I hope everyone's safe and healthy. This was kind of a, a one-off type of uh, podcast. I'll, I will update you on my aunt. She's so far so good. She's sweet as sugar. She's got a smile that lights up her room. Um, she'll get through this. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely scared for her in the Canadian system. I barely can get anyone on the phone. Um, her social worker doesn't email or call me back. Uh, I call multiple times a day. No one picks up the line. Yes, I know they're dealing with the pandemic. I know they're understaffed. But the government has, I believe, they have the capacity to provide more care and, and they're not getting it done. And I'm not here criticizing the doctor, the nurses, the doctors are doing everything they can. The doctor I spoke to was honest and, and she said, listen, I wish I could do more. It's awful. I, I have to apologize to you. It's, it's not the way it should be, but it's, it's crazy here. I've never seen anything like this. This is a war zone. It's like being on the front lines in World War II. It's crazy. There's two people trying to care for 57 patients. Um, it's unbelievable. You, you can't imagine a first world country can do this. And, and she's not from uh, Canada. She was born uh, somewhere else. So she was saying, I expected this from the country I came from, not Canada. So um, be lucky you're in America. Um, it's not perfect, uh, but it's better than every other country. Trust me. Um, and I, I come from, I was born in, in Canada. It's a nice country, a, a rich country, only 30 million people. So much easier to care for than 330 million people in America. But um, be lucky, be proud that you are in this great country um, because you can hold people accountable and you can hold people answerable um, when something goes wrong. And, and that's important. Um, I always give the example, if you, you went into a job and you couldn't get fired, um, even though you, you probably are an amazing person, have a great work ethic, at some point, whether it's within a year, five years, 10 years, you're, you're going to, uh, your performance will plateau and it will decrease in efficiency and your attitude will change. Just human, um, it's the way human beings are. When you're not pushed and you're not accountable, uh, you get passive and you get fat and comfy. And that's kind of what ha is happening and it could happen in a socialized medical system. So um, again, this has nothing to do with retirement. Um, I wanted to kind of take a break and vent uh, about my situation with my aunt. Um, so thanks for giving me that opportunity. I hope everyone stays healthy and safe. And uh, we get, I know we'll get through COVID-19 together. So uh, until next time, uh, be well.